0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, girlies. How are you? I feel a little stuffed up. So sorry if my voice sounds that way. I think my allergies are not great because I walked outside a couple times this week. And my body said, why do you, why? Why would you do that when you are allergic to everything that's out here. Uh, yeah, that fucking sucks. <laughs> Being like deeply allergic to pollen. And I also think I'm pretty allergic to grass would be my bet. Um, Means that every time I go outside for more than like 17 seconds at a time, I spend the next few days like super congested and with a sinus headache, <laughs> which is really fun. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, I guess like the last two days I have had a really bad sinus headache. Ugh, love it. Um, It was because like this week it was finally not 100 degrees every day. So I was able to walk outside at work a couple times and I was punished for it. Honestly, very punished for it. Okay, I forgot until this morning when I was going to take notes that it was a reunion this week. And you guys know I hate the Teen Mom reunions and I don't think that they should exist. And also there's just like not enough content to do back or excuse me, to do like a single episode on each reunion. So I will wait for next week. I will do both of them together. I have not watched the reunion yet, so when I put up this AMA, I had a couple people ask me thoughts on it, but I don't have answers. <laughs> I cannot watch these episodes until no more than 28 hours before I record because even though I take pretty extensive notes, I I just don't retain teen mom anymore. <laughs> I don't really think anybody does. So I have not watched this week's reunion, so I won't be answering questions on that, but I just ask people to give me general questions, pop culture questions. If you don't like Ask Me Anything episodes, then I'll talk to you next week. If you just want the teen mom, if not, let's get into it, let's just chat. Okay, um, the first question that I got asked is, Why would I have these in order? You know, who would do that? Okay, um. So somebody said, I don't know if this is a question, but why are there such a high number of sexual predators employed by TLC? Girl, I wish I had an answer. I don't fucking know. She mentioned um, how Jacob Roloff has recently come out and said that he was molested by a camera person or a person on the Little People Big World crew. I don't know if he specifically said camera person. Um, And of course, we know about Josh Duggar. We know about um, that other family that played guitar. What were their names? Do you know who I'm talking about? They were like that family band. And then it came out. The Willis family? Is that their name? It came out that the father was like not. I I mean, like, I don't want to get too much in detail. It's gross and sad. But their father was like abusing all of the girl children, I believe, like for a long period of time. And I think he's in prison now. There are other people. Um, I think it's because they are. Mm, I don't know why do I think they have so many predators on TLC. I'm not well. One, I guess I would argue like I'm not sure they actually have more predators than the average channel. We just hear about like they just get outed for whatever reason. But I would say part of the reason is that they um work with a lot of really isolated families or families that come from like pretty isolated communities, if you will. And a lot of times in these isolated families or isolated communities, sexual assault is pretty present um, because they are led by like an abuser in a lot of cases, right? Like I personally believe that these Fundamental Baptist groups, the IBLP, the Institute of Basic Life Principles, that's what the Duggars are part of, in case you don't know. The Duggars are not technically part of a church, which is confusing if you don't really know about this, but... The Duggars are part of a large network of families. It's mostly connected by the way that they homeschool. Um, so they are follow- followers of what is called the IBLP, which is the Institute of Basic Life Principles slash ATI, which is the homeschool curriculum they do. Most of these families are, they call themselves independent fundamentalist Baptists, and they don't really go to church. They do home church, or they, w- some of them do go to church. They are part of churches, but families like the Duggars have their own home church. They'll have people come over for their home church, um, and they'll be in like a network of families. And I personally believe that men get into this particular type of religion because it allows them to essentially create like their own family cult. Um, They hold All of the power in their family, they essentially become God in their family. And I think in situations like that, like that's ripe for abuse, right? Like, I also think that situations where there's a lot of um, other types of abuse, physical, verbal, like it's not hard to think that there's also sexual abuse going on. So I don't know if that's like a good answer, but I think that that is probably part of the reason that's happening. Okay. Um, somebody asked my thoughts on Love After Lockup. I don't watch Love After Lockup. I watched the first two seasons of that, but I don't keep up with it. Love After Lockup um, is like kind of in my 90 day fiance thing where I liked it, but then there was like a lot of it, and it's just a little too much. You know, it's like it's upping itself the ante so much that I'm like, this just feels too fake. Okay. Um, Allie asks if I could tell her how she should feel about Jill Duggar. I'll answer this, since we're already talking about the Duggers. If you guys don't know, Jill has kind of... Defected from the family, if you will. Um, her and her husband sued Jim Bob so they could get paid um, because, surprise, <laughs> none of the children, the adult children, get paid to be on Counting On. Well, Counting On has not been officially canceled, but none of them were paid to be on Counting On. Jim Bob was paid by TLC and then told all of the kids that his mo- the money only went to charity and then wouldn't pay them. <laughs> And essentially, after Jill's second home birth, which she shouldn't have done, probably because her first home birth was a huge issue, um, after her second home birth, she ended up in the hospital and had serious uh, health issues. There, I mean, at the time, there was speculation that maybe she like could no longer have children as a result. I don't know if she's ever confirmed that, but she hasn't had another child. But there were major complications and Derek and Jill had like an insane hospital bill and so they needed money from Jim Bob and he wouldn't give it to them, which kind of started their defection. Um, I think also... Derek Dillard, her husband, grew up in a little more of a mainstream type family. So regardless of what ended up happening, I think eventually they would become a little more mainstream than the main Duggar family. Remember, I said that like these families are essentially cults run by the father. And for women, adult women, that's the husband. And so whenever the Ducker girls marry into a new family, they are saying goodbye to daddy as the ruler and they're taking their husband as the ruler. And so the girls that end up in more um like mainstream like families like Ginger, uh, that's why they're allowed to start wearing pants and skirts and cutting their hair and doing all that stuff because they have a new like spiritual headship essentially. So... Jill, I think, had been going a little more mainstream with Derek. Anyway, um, Derek is educated. He graduated from law school. I would, I guess, he took the bar this summer. I, he probably just finished the bar or is about to take the bar. I think bars usually at the end of July. I know my friend in Virginia just took it last week. Um, but like, I think in general, Derek is more educated than the average Duggar they, as we know, they do not encourage education because education breeds dissent, right? Like knowledge breeds dissent always. That's why most fundamentalist leaders try and limit the amount of education people get because that's how they keep control of people. So I think that Derek being more educated in general and continuing to educate himself brought him more into like the mainstream world. And then this lawsuit happens. And I think that they started going to therapy. They claim with a licensed therapist specifically. I don't know if it's like a Christian licensed therapist. Who knows? But she's going to therapy. She is talking about um, the abuse that she suffered at the hands of her brother. And it, it just all blew up. Like once Derek started defecting against Jim Bob, then Jim Bob put in rules about Jill Like, she wasn't allowed to go over to the house if they weren't there, Jim, Bob, or Michelle. Um, The kids, like, weren't allowed to be alone with Jill. And essentially, like, they just pushed her further and further away. And now Jill is living a more mainstream identified life. Her kids are going to public school, which is a huge deal. Um, (laughs) She posted the other day that she was going to get a new haircut and was showing options. And one of the options was white girl dreads. Thank God the poll was like 98%. Don't do that one. (laughs) She got her nose pierced. She's wearing pretty modest for her outfits, not just pants. She's been posing in bathing suits. I mean, they're bathing suits that have like shorts attached to them, but way more than she would have five plus years ago. What I personally think happened is, and I've talked a lot about the Duggars over on my Patreon. I've talked about them on here. I think that Jill Duggar was what I would call a true believer. And I personally think that true believers are the ones that have the hardest fall as adults when things don't go the way they thought they would, um... Oh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I think that if you just are fine with your life and like you believe in God and you're happy, like you just keep on keeping on. I would say an example, this is probably Jessa or Ginger. But Jill was always like one of the more uh, devout children and was like held up in her parents' regard for that reason. And I kind of think that when Jill realized her dad was like not perfect, she had like a real tumble. Um, but it. I guess where I'm going is, like, Jill's still, like, a right-wing Republican conservative Christian. Her husband, like, maybe defecting against Jimba, but I have not forgive him for the way that he bullied a teenage Jazzy Jennings. I was... So inappropriate. Actually, the people that like defend Jill and Derek now because they're like rebels, they're like, Derek was just trying to get himself fired from TLC. And it's like, okay, he didn't need to bully a trans teen to do that. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. But they did post a YouTube video not that long ago. Jill still doesn't believe in evolution. Derek apparently is curious about evolution. He said something like that that made no sense and was like, okay. Uh, Jill like, still doesn't believe in dinosaurs and that the earth is still 500 years old. Um, I think that she's probably still quite intolerant uh, about many things, not just like trans people and abortions. I would imagine she's still quite racist. I know that they don't talk about this a lot on the Duggars, well, ever on the Duggars. And even people around the Duggars don't talk about it and really in a lot of criticisms they don't talk about it but like you better believe that the IBLP is like funded on white supremacy Bill Gothard the creator of the Institute of Basic Life Principles uh basically started his organization in a response to the civil rights movement when schools started to integrate he said oh no 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 let's go to homeschool we don't have to send the kids to school we'll do our own schooling so that our wonderful white children will not have to go to school with black children. Um, it was also like in response to all counterculture. So that's why they like they're very uh, unmodern in their clothes because the idea is they're like rejecting popular culture. But like IBLP is founded on white supremacy. Like mo- I mean, <laughs> like most fundamentalist religions in the United States are. Um, it's not... It, it, I feel like we don't talk about it that much with the Duggars, but it's very true. And I would imagine that those, uh, beliefs are still present in Jill and Derek. I, for me, it's like, you have to prove otherwise. I'm happy for Jill that she's like mostly defected and that she's doing better and that she's getting therapy, et cetera, et cetera. But like how you should feel about Jill is like glad that she's getting away, but sh- you know, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if she's quite as, uh, modern as people want her to be. Okay. Um, Rosa said, will Kale lose her podcast company sponsors one day? Um, maybe I, I'm not quite sure what you mean by this. I think, are you asking like, will she be canceled and like have consequences like that? Um, if that's the question, I would think the answer is probably not. I think that Kale has done a lot of really bad stuff and hasn't really faced any consequences for it yet. So I don't really foresee it happening in the future. I, like Even if she does end up getting arrested for domestic violence again, I don't know. I don't really see that happening Um, But, like, will these things fall apart because of Kale's, like, personal choices and, like, consequences in her personal life that, like, are not created by, like, uh, fan demand? Sure. Like, uh, I mean, her and Veer... (laughs) Eventually, they're going to fall out for good. You know, like Lindsay and actually, the thing about Lindsay is that that might have been a really good person for her to start that podcast with because they're not friends, at least in like the traditional sense. They were set up by their podcast network, they're not friends as far as like being in each other's lives. And I think actually that works for them. It's like having a roommate that you like get along with, but isn't your friend and you guys just like kind of coexist in a space and it goes great, but you're like not all up in each other's business. Like I think that works well for Kale and Lindsay. So that might help them stay, uh, present, present, maybe st- Help them like keep going on their podcast for a while. But I don't know if Kale will like ever face real consequences uh like that are brought on by the public. I I don't know. Uh she also uh, oh no, sorry, somebody else asked, Thoughts on Nicki Minaj possibly hosting the Potomac Reunion? Um, no, I'm a hard no to that. Hard no. First of all, fuck Nicki Minaj. If you don't know, Nicki Minaj is married to a convicted rapist. He raped a woman when she was 15 years old. And um, now Nicki and her loving husband have went on a campaign to like harass this woman. She has come out and spoken about it. It's horrific what they have done to her. Like, I mean, the fact that you'd be married to a rapist in general, like, truly go fuck yourself. Uh, As you might know, she, like, supported her pedophile brother through his trial, which, like, fine, fine. It's your brother. Like, there isn't that much proof that he was, like, she was fully supporting him, blah, blah, blah. But, like, this husband of hers, no. Nikki is trash for that as far as I'm concerned. But just personality-wise... I don't think she would be good at hosting a reunion because hosting a reunion is different than hosting a regular show. You know what I mean? Like, I I know that she was like, liked on RuPaul's Drag Race, which is not a show that I watch. But like, that's about her. And I know she was like on American Idol and her and Mariah like did not get along when they were on that. I think it was American Idol. Um, I don't think Nikki's able and I don't think this is unique to Nikki. I don't think most celebrities are able to turn off like the need to be the center of attention, which you have to be able to do to host a Real Housewives reunion. And I also just don't think it's really going to happen. I think it's basically a bit that like Twitter is taking a little too seriously. Um, okay. Matilda asked for my opinion on Jamila Jamil. I think she is right, but annoying. Yeah, I think that sums it up. Well, I think for some things she's not right. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but like she said some takes that I'm like, girl, girl. Um, other things I think she's totally right. Uh, like her fit tea stuff. I do think there's something to be said about, um, an extremely conventionally beautiful woman speaking out against beauty standards. It, I don't know. Like it, <laughs> it's not that I don't think beautiful, conventionally thin, attractive women shouldn't speak out about it. But at the same time, like when you literally make your living being beautiful, it's like kind of hard to listen to you rail against beauty standards. <laughs> Cause like they're the reason that you have a career. Um, so that that to me is kinda like question mark, question mark. I think that like I said, I think in a lot of things she's right. I do think she's like a pathological liar. Like she I think she lies a lot. Maybe not pathological, but I think she lies a lot and lies to make like stories better and for attention and exaggeration. Um and I think she's just like annoying, honestly. I think she's quite annoying and I wish that she had done like 70% less because when she first came out I really liked her Um, like somebody one day was like you have such beautiful skin and she was like I only have beautiful skin because I have money and I have the pleasure of like or I have the fortune of being able to go to a dermatologist and a facialist and like you shouldn't even compliment me on it and it's like okay we get it we get it Tilda also asked my attention, or excuse me, my opinion on Taylor Swift's Olympic ad, and I will tell you I did not watch it with sound on, so I don't have an opinion on it. <laughs> um, Okay. L. Rich says, do you think Kale will ever address the arrest? No. May- mm. Not the way that we want her to. Maybe she'll briefly acknowledge it, but no. Uh, Emily Ann says, do you watch any other Bravo Bravo shows? Thoughts on them? Yes. Yes yes caveat in that like A lot of how a lot of you like don't watch Teen Mom anymore, but you listen to this podcast every week so you know what's going on Teen Mom. I'm sure you can extensively talk about it. It's kind of how I am with a lot of reality TV now. I don't necessarily watch it, but I listen to multiple podcasts a week discussing them. So I and like I read recaps and like look at Reddits and Twitters and whatever. I follow all the drama going on. So I might not necessarily be actively watching the episodes, but like I could turn on the show and Know exactly what's happening because I'm following it. So that goes for all of the Real Housewives. Um, that's kind of it for like what I'm actively keeping up with. I think occasionally I'll watch Below Deck. I was like a actually an early adopter of Below Deck. Um, I know it's like gotten really popular now, but I watched like the first four or five seasons of Below Deck like in real time. Remember Adrian and the Chief Stew in season one before Kate. <laughs> I watched a couple blow deck med seasons. I do not like Sandy and I did not like Hannah. It just didn't do it for me the way that regular blow deck did it. Um, I do kind of want to get eyes on family karma. I see that everybody keeps talking about that. I loved Ladies of London. I'm planning on doing a Bravo or a Patreon episode on that soon. In two weeks, I'm going to have a Patreon episode on Shaws of Sunset. Which is a show that I don't necessarily really keep up that much anymore because I just feel like it's always the same drama. But I watched many seasons of, and I have an infinity in my heart for them. Um, when Gigi the la- a couple weeks ago, Golnessa, was fighting with Kelly Dodd. Like <laughs> I would like to see Golnesa and Kelly Dodd like put into a cage mat, like having a full blown WWF like cage match file state cage match style fight. I would love that. (laughs) Okay. Um, some quesadilla. I like that username. I I literally just ate shitty quesadillas for lunch. She says, very rando, but I think you'd be into murder on Middle Beach. I don't know what that is. So maybe I'll check it out. Okay. Amanda says, is there anything you haven't done on a Patreon app that you really want to? Uh, yeah. I'm like I said, I I want to do a ladies of London episode soon. There's been a couple things that I've like kicked around the idea of doing, but like haven't really figured out how to do it. If that makes sense, like there's definitely stuff that, of course, now I can't think of it on the top of my head, but like there are definitely things that I have thought about doing that I'm like, I would love to talk about that. But I just like don't know how I would do it. Like certain topics on the internet, like things like that. Um uh, so yes, yes. La- Ladies of London has probably been my main one that I like just like keep meaning to get to, but I haven't. But my friend Katie, who is probably listening to this, asked if she could do a Ladies of London episode with me, and she's not been on the podcast yet. So eventually we'll be doing that. Um there's like there's definitely things that I would like to oh oh okay I actually have some answers there are things that I can't do episodes on um well one somebody once tried to commission an episode on being Levi Levi Johnson the the special and I really wanted to do that because I I'm like kind of obsessed with his wife Sunny (laughs) and that's not online or at least it wasn't online for a long time and last time I checked it still wasn't online I don't know why so I would like to do that. I would love to be able to do one on rich girls, but like the only rich girls on T, te- like the only way to watch that is in like five minute intervals on YouTube. So it's not really like accessible to do a show on it. Um Sorority Life would love to do a show on Sorority Life. Uh, a bunch of old True li- Life episodes. True Life, I have an eating disorder. True Life, I'm getting a boob job. True Life, um... I don't know, like a million of them. There's so many True lives, True Life, I'm addicted to ecstasy with the holes in the brain. Like, there's so many True Life episodes I would love to do an episode on, but they just don't exist online. You know it sucks. Like digital archival is important, just so everybody knows. And I don't like the idea of like a lot of that stuff being lost media. That's sad to me. It's sad to me the idea that that's lost to all time. I recently watched Summer of Soul on Hulu, and I actually have a childhood friend who worked on the movie, so that was cool to find out. She works in documentaries, which is a very cool job. And Summer of Soul on Hulu was so fucking good. It was so good, in my opinion, like the best. Most impressive thing about it was just like the digital archival of this footage that was going to be lost to time. Um, I love that shit. I love that shit. Oh, also tonight I'm gonna watch that Woodstock ninety nine episode episode documentary on HBO Max. I love documentaries. I haven't really watched I was gonna say I watched Summer of Soul. I really liked Pride. Um, that was FX. I watched it on Hulu. It was like a multi part series that did a lot of interesting topics that I personally, like, hadn't heard of before, which I love. Um, Yeah, there's been, like, I love documentaries. I know that this was not the question, but I fucking love documentaries. Okay, let me take a quick break, and we'll get on to more questions. By the way, you guys should subscribe to my Patreon. Oh, you're hearing this on the first of the month. This is the absolute best day to... Uh, subscribe to Patreon because you get a full month of content for $5 and yeah you should come listen last week I did an episode on my fair brady which is a deranged piece of history <laughs> adrian brody it, or what's her Adrienne brody that's not her name that's the famous thing that's a famous actor <laughs> Adrian Curry is a nightmare, and she's like a QAnonner now, like full blown QAnon. Actually, like further to the right of QAnon, if you could believe, this show is wild. Um, then I'm this week I'm doing uh, with Kara. I believe an episode on Little Wayne and his dating history. We did an episode like that on Future that was so fun. So I'm really excited to do that. Little Wayne has a <laughs> messy, messy, messy history. Um, then hopefully the next week it's Shaws of Sunset. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I did a gymnastics episode last night, by the way. Um, I dropped a gymnast, like an episode on Olympic gymnastics, just, you know, a casual extra hour and a half long episode. I do that. I honestly, like most months, put out at least five episodes. There are definitely some months where it's only four, but some months where I'll drop seven episodes just because I've got shit I want to talk about. (laughs) So, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains, subscribe there, and you can hear me talk about things that are not Teen Mom. Okay. um, Cassandra asks if I will speak on Jamie Spears being the inspo for Teen Mom. Is that true? I'm assuming you mean Jamie Lynn. Um, I have not heard that, but it would make sense, right? Like, when did Jamie Lynn get pregnant? I, I mean around that time and she's probably the most famous teen mom of that era so it would make sense to me that MTV would want to capitalize off of like the attention of teen moms because that's what how MTV develops shows especially back then I mean I don't think MTV develops shows anymore unless it's like Siesta Key or like Snooky getting a ridiculousness spinoff which is I don't I don't know but Yeah, that like to me, that makes a lot of sense, Uh, but I, I don't know if that's like true necessarily, but it would make sense. Okay, Carolyn says, is there anything Janelle could do to redeem herself, convince you she's now a good person? Um, No, but I don't think that she should be trying to redeem herself to us. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think... I personally do not think that there's probably anything she can do to redeem herself to the general public, just because she has been so horrifically awful. And I think that's okay that she never gets publicly redeemed. However, could she like in her personal life become a better person and redeem herself to her children and those around her? Yeah, if she wanted to go get the correct mental health help and get sober, yeah, like I I do. I don't necessarily think there's anything she could do. Publicly, that would do that, and I don't necessarily think she necessarily 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 necessarily. I just don't really think that she deserves public redemption. I've talked about this before, but um, I think that the like I don't think that anybody deserves to have a platform in which they can be a public figure and make money off of being a public figure. So I don't. That, Like, you know, you hear people talk about cancel culture and how people like don't deserve cancel culture. But I think that's starting at a false premise because then you're like basically saying that somebody deserves to have a platform in which they get to make a shit ton of money for being a public person. And I don't think anybody deserves that, including Janelle. So I don't I don't think Janelle needs public redemption, but I think she could make her life better for her. I do, and I think that I could be like, I think that she seems happier in her life and her life seems better, but I don't necessarily think I'll ever think she's a good person. Okay, this is interesting. Smack Life asks, do you believe that all adoption is trauma? Thoughts on the ethics of adoption, particularly for profit? This is good. This has been like a big thing on my TikTok for you page, and it's been really interesting to learn about. And I mean, I've been like kind of looking into it for the last couple years, I guess, Do I think all adoption is trauma? Yes, completely. I think that taking a child for whatever reason from its biological parent is a, I think they call it the primal wound is what they call it. Um, But I don't think it necessarily manifests as trauma for all people. I think that there are a lot of people that want to say all adoption is bad. and that all adoptees are traumatized, and I don't think that's fair or correct to say. I don't think you should ever make uh, sweeping statements about that, like trauma, you know? But I do think that adoption is inherently traumatic, but I also think, like, a lot of things are inherently traumatic. Um, As far as ethical adoptions, yeah, that's hard, right? Like, I don't think for-profit Private adoption is usually that ethical. I think a lot of times it takes advantage of women who don't have resources to raise children because of the way that United States of America or whatever country is living is run. And like the idea that these that people like or agencies can charge thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars to like. Uh, to charge, like they charge a couple $50,000 to get a baby from a woman that may be giving that baby up because she can't afford to have that baby, but wants to have that baby. I don't think that's ethical at all. Um, I also don't necessarily think that all foster to adopt adoptions are ethical because I think that there are times that children are unethically taken from their parents in the system. I don't think it's all of the time or maybe even most of the time when it comes to termination of parental rights, but I think that it definitely happens. And I just I I am really behind the movement of looking at adoption as a trauma instead of looking at adoption as a blessing, the way that we've kind of been like convinced and molded into believing that like all adoption is inherently generous and people are lucky to be adopted and people are lucky to be able to adopt. And yeah, I I think a lot of adoption is unethical, but I also think it's a necessary thing and I don't think all of it is unethical and I don't think all adoption is trauma that manifests for people and I think there are lots of incredible adoptions and a lot of people are happy to be adopted. I think it's complicated, right? Like I don't think there should be sweeping generalizations about it the way that some people do. Um I also think like it's sad that we live in a country in which women get pregnant and like many of them like financially do not have the option of keeping their baby and I think it's that sucks that really sucks and we should have social services and social support so that doesn't happen. Um, I also think it sucks we live in a country that has moralized abortion to the point that many women will carry their children to term because they do not feel that they can get an abortion um, only to have to give that baby up and really suffer a lot of trauma from that. I think I want to be clear what I mean here. I'm not saying that anybody should be forced to get an abortion at all, and I understand why people feel that they can't get one. What I'm saying is it sucks that like abortion has been so moralized in this country and a lot of countries, not not just America, but it has truly been uh, you know treated as this like as one of the most immoral things that you can do and even if you don't You aren't raised like that. I think that still permeates into our culture in many ways. And it sucks that abortion is so stigmatized that women that are in this situation, some of them feel like the only option is to put, like, carry the baby and put it up for adoption. And I think we need to be really careful that we all agree that. Adoption is not an alternative to abortion. Adoption is an alternative to parenting. It's not a a, like it's it's just not an alternative to abortion. The option shouldn't be like abort or adopt. Um, I mean, I guess those are the options, but it they just look very different and they come out very differently. And yeah, those are my like rambling thoughts. It's definitely not a subject I'm like an expert on. Okay um somebody asked me to talk about the Vanderpump rules worst and best here's the thing like I don't care about Vanderpump rules anymore it's been off the air for two years all of the assholes got fired I don't know if I'll be watching new Vanderpump rules or even like I mean I guess I'll be listening to podcasts about it I I don't care I really don't care that show has like run its course cancel Vanderpump rules as far as I'm concerned Okay. She also asked me to speak on Britney Spears. Um, I I think Britney should be let go of her conservatorship. I think that we should be looking more into conservatorships in general. I think that this is a really important moment and she has really opened the door for us to have a lot more conversations. This is a subject I didn't really know anything about and I feel pretty ashamed of that. Um, I... I do still think that there is an unhealthy obsession around trying to figure out her motive and her move for everything she does. That makes me uncomfortable. It it just does. Um, I I, Like, sorry, I do. I think that people that are, like, analyzing every single word she types on Instagram, I don't think that's fair to Brittany, honestly. Um, But like I yeah like she obviously should be freed I think that even if she is mentally ill um she's allowed to be mentally ill right like people that have mental health issues are allowed to run their lives the way that they want to run them and she should be allowed to do that and if she like I don't think she should even have to get an evaluation I think that the evaluation is the fact that she's been able to do that show in Vegas for how many years so that, I mean, that's my opinion on that. I think her family is bad and always has been bad and has been living off of her. Um, but I'm not following it too closely because honestly, I find it depressing. Uh, like, I don't like it. I also, it's, I, yeah, I just find it depressing. So I don't follow it closely. Um, okay. Danielle says, what's the best concert you've ever been to? That's a good question. Um, I was trying to think of this earlier. Uh, in my senior year of high school, I went to see Modest Yahoo in concert. remember him. I actually saw him again like not that long ago and it was the worst concert of my life, which is funny because the one that I saw my senior year of high school was so fucking fun in this band called Balkan Beatbox opened for them. It's like this Israeli band that's really like I, I had never heard of them, but their music was so good. And um, it was like, so they were it was just such a fun dancing concert. It was so great. So maybe that, um I don't know. Like it I'm like, I don't know. It's hard to think of like I'm not good at thinking in like terms of favorites. I feel like it, does anybody else feel that way? People ask me like to pick my favorite of things. I'm like, I don't know. I don't have favorites. I'm not a person that really has favorites in general, but that concert was a really, really good memory. I also feel like my memory has been really bad for the last like year-ish and it's a little concerning. (laughs) A little concerning. Um, I did have some people suggest that maybe I did actually get COVID last year when I thought I did and that it might be like a long-term effect of COVID. I don't necessarily believe that to be true, but like I am having memory issues like I've never had in my life and I've always considered myself to have a pretty sharp um, memory and it's worrisome. Oh, uh, so I mean just some other good concerts I've been to. I saw Prince in high school. That was great. My friend's my friend Megan's parents took us to see Prince. That was an incredible concert. I feel very grateful that I got to go to that. Uh, my friend Katie that I was talking about earlier, she and I saw Billy Joel in concert one year and that was so fun. Uh, we loved that. Uh, I really like, there's this concert, there was this band that I used to really like. It was like a local band band that was called Town Hall. And I remember they were the first co- concert that I saw really stoned. <laughs> and that, my friends, was a, a night of my life. Like, that was when I was like, oh my god, I get, like, smoking pot and listening to music. Like, this is the best. Uh, yeah, that, those are, like, favorite concerts. I, I'm trying to think, like, concerts I've been to in the last Ten years, I saw Hobo Johnson. Do you know who that is? Um, I saw him at like two years ago. Maybe that was fun. That was actually a really good concert. My friend and I had a lot of fun. Saw Doctor Dog in concert not that long ago. Um, I actually got a Facebook memory that I saw Dave Matthews Band in concert in like 2015. On this day, that was a fun concert. I like Dave Matthews. I was listening to Dave Matthews recently, and I was like, oh yeah, like I like Dave Matthews. Used to really like Dave Matthews. I don't really like him anymore. But that was a fun concert. I saw. A Lana Del Rey, that wasn't, she wasn't great in concert. I, it, she's not a great performer, if you will. Um, yeah, I'm, I think that those are probably all the ones that I've seen recently. I have tickets to go see Lord in the spring. I mean, <laughs> who knows, right? But that, that I'm really excited for. And my first concert ever was Britney Spears' baby one more time tour I used to go to a lot of concerts as a kid my mom likes going to concerts so we went to all of like the local pop stations like Q concerts it was Q102 was the radio show so they would do like a summer and a winter one and we would go to those saw Destiny's Child in concert like three times because we love Destiny's Child my mom and I love Destiny's Child saw Christina Aguilera in concert I think it was Destiny's Child opening for Christina Aguilera and that was the main reason we went pretty sure that was a fun concert christina was fun in concert um yeah those are just some concerts that i've been to i think in a lot of ways i've outgrown concerts i don't seek them out very much um but i do enjoy going to them occasionally okay uh somebody asked me my thoughts on tana mojo's new podcast i haven't listened yet because she didn't put up a video at first and i was like i'm not gonna pull that up on my fucking podcast app no no So I will watch the video eventually. I think it's not going to be good. I think she'll do five episodes of it. I think the fact that she had Trisha on is very bizarre because Trisha's not good on other people's podcasts. This is an interesting one. Hello, Chessie says, why do you think the girls are so overstyled for reunions? Is this a trend in reality TV? Yes. I think that this is... Been something that I've been thinking a lot about, and people have been thinking a lot about this because I think this all goes back to, well, two things. Uh, one, the Kardashians, right? Like in the Instagram look, I think that is really influential and like beauty gurus. But I also think Erica Jane, you know, the one that's like in trouble for stealing from widows and orphans. Um, I think Erica Jane, like bringing glam into the real housewives the way that she did, has had like a trickle down effect on the the rest of reality television. I really do. Uh, I don't like how stylized they are usually on the reunions. I think it looks a little nutty, but I think that, yes, it's a trend in reality television for sure. Okay. Hannah Rose asked, do you follow the Jesse James Decker snark at all? No, I don't quite understand who Jesse James Decker is. I tried to look at her subreddit once and I was like, oh, "This is too much." I don't say that in a judgment because I am an idiot that like follows every move that Caroline Coway the most boring person on earth, ever makes. So like, please, please do not think that's me judging people that follow Jesse James Decker. I just don't get who she is, and so I couldn't get into the snark around her. Speaking of the worst snark subreddit, is the uh well, worse is in like. The way that you have to use it, the Hilaria Baldwin subreddit, which, by the way, if anybody follows me on Twitter, you know, and I bet I've talked about it on this podcast in the past, you know that I have been beating the drum that Hilaria is a fucking liar who's faking her accent for like five plus years now. And when that finally went viral, I was like, okay, first of all, that's like my tweet, but sure sure. Okay. Um. But I was so glad for that. By the way, the girl that originally went viral for that tweet, I ended up following her and I was so glad because she loves gymnastics. And so now I'm like loving following her because I like stayed around because I realized she was like a real gymnastics head. So that was great for me personally. But like I have been beating the Hilaria is fake drum for a long time. I first read it on. Oh, no, they didn't. There was a forum DC mommy forum which I guess had like a New York sub forum. And there were posts about Hillary, Hilaria, Ilaria. How do you say her name? Ilaria? Because wouldn't the H be silent? I don't know. I always just call her Hilaria. Uh, but she... There are so many posts on her that her name was Hillary. She was from Massachusetts. She had absolutely no accent. Her parents are from Massachusetts. She was born in the United States. Like they had been talking about this for a really long time because a lot of these women had taken her like Pilates classes or her yoga classes. So they knew her and like she looked and sounded different. And then she popped up with an accent. And I was like that little liar. And I've been watching, loving her getting exposed and I was on the Hillary Baldwin subreddit the other day and they are convinced that all but her first pregnancy were faked. <laughs> Do I believe that? No, maybe. I will say some of the evidence was quite convincing, but I also think that like it's kind of easy to create to like examine people's bump pictures and be like, oh my god, there's something off with them. Like I think when you look too hard at people's pregnancy pictures, it's easy to convince yourself that they're not real if that's what you want to see. But that subreddit sucks because there's like no moderation and people post the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And like every person, every thought has a new post and it's so hard to follow. So I really miss a lot of Hilaria stuff because I just can't follow it. But to answer your question, no, I don't follow anything James Jack. Je- Jesse James Decker related. Whenever I hear her name, Jesse James Decker, I think of um, who's Andy Roddick's wife. That's really beautiful. And she's on Gracie, Grace and Frankie. And she's friends with June Diane. I don't know why I always think of her when I think of the name, Jesse James Decker. Do they have similar names? Did I say Andy Roddick? I mean, Andy Roddick, the tennis player who I loved. Remember when he won the US Open and went in and kissed Mandy Moore. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. Little Bruce says, other than gymnastics, which Olympic sport would you like to compete in winter and summer? Um, Full disclosure, I don't actually watch the Olympics besides gymnastics. I don't care about the Olympics as a whole. It just happens to be gymnastics Super Bowl, so that's why I watch it. Um, And I've never really cared about it outside of gymnastics. But I guess I would be a equestrian rider. I guess like in another life, I'm a rich horse girl. You know, like I I could see that for myself, or like actually, what I would really wish was my life was being like exceptional in some random ass sport like archery or sharpshooting. I was wondering, do I have any listeners who kids whose kids go to like sleep boy camp? Um, well, princess, I, I should ask princess this. Uh, do kids still do marksmanship at camp? Because my sleep boy camp like straight up had a real shooting range like a gun range and you could sign up for marksmanship class like as your elective of the day I think is what they called them and like you could you and we would like regularly go to marksmanship class and shoot guns do they still do like I it's hard for me to imagine that happening in 2021 but I wonder if that's still a thing but for a little bit of time I was like quite into archery it was really fun there goes my dog really liked archery so i would like to be in one of those type of events in winter olympics past don't care <laughs> i like really i don't care about anything in the winter olympics okay um oh somebody asked about the anna campbell and stuff intrigued but so dark it's kind of how i'm feeling um It's really too much to keep up with. Anna Campbell is a YouTuber, a small YouTuber, uh, who had a moment a few years ago that got popular but has mostly fallen off since then, who is... Being accused of like assaulting multiple girlfriends of hers, sexually, physically, um, grooming minors, she's a bad person. And I kept up with it pretty closely for a while. And then it was just like so much. You guys know I'm like the Goldilocks of drama, right? Like it can't be too little or too much. And for a long time, Anna was like kind of in this perfect position where there was like enough drama that it was entertaining, but not too much that I couldn't keep up. And she's solidly following. Like fallen in the too much and that too much is also dark that I don't even want to attempt to keep up. So Anna Campbell's bad. This is funny. I didn't even know, realize somebody asked me this. The next question is on Hillary Baldwin in the subreddit. So already returned, already answered that. Okay. Um, Jana says Tati's return back like nothing happened. Yeah, I haven't watched any of Tati's return, but I'm not surprised. I actually, what I'm surprised about is that it took her so long. I I don't know why she went offline for so long. I saw some people be like, how come Tati had to leave the internet for a year and James Charles didn't? And it's like, okay, Tati didn't need to leave the internet ever. Tati chose to take herself off. She posted that fucking video in like June and everybody was on her side except for like 17 of us. And she could have easily restarted posting in July 2020 and kept on, kept on keeping on and everything would have been fine. She chose to remove herself. She's back because she needs the money because she can't afford all of these lawsuits she's part of. Um, I don't like Tati. I think she's a fake ass bitch. So I will not be watching her. But I'm not surprised that she came back like nothing ever happened. Okay. uh, Ellie asks, do you have the energy to watch the latest Jesse Smile slash Gabby Hanna video? That's so funny. I sent it to my friend Christine and I was like, I, I was like, G- Gabby just posted this, but I'm going to self care tonight and not finish. I'm not going to watch this. I'm going to finish White Lotus, which, by the way, I'm caught up on White Lotus. I fucking love White Lotus. It's so funny. I'm a Steve Zahn uh, fan, <laughs> like a major fan. If you guys don't know, my like favorite television show of all time is a show called Treme. Only 18 of us watched it. I am like a Treme super fan, and he was one of the like three or four main characters on that show. Also, like I loved that thing you do as a child. I actually danced to that thing you do the song in my third grade talent show for some reason. Um, I loved that thing you do. So I've, I'm have i like thrilled. I'm thrilled that he's on the show. It's so funny. Connie Britton is so good at it. I think the family scenes are laugh out loud funny to me. Like when the girls are interacting with Mark, Steve, the dad, and they're like, maybe grandpa's a power bottom. Like I laughed out loud, actual cackled at that. Um, I also think it's like really interesting the way they're showing relapse. I liked that. I really, really like White Lotus. Um, But no, I don't have the energy to watch that. And then the next day I was like, oh, I'll go read the comments about it. And she turned the fucking comments off. So I don't know anything that was in that video. I'm not watching it, (laughs) not doing it. Okay, Jana. Once again, she says Shane Dawson rumored to be doing a free victim, a free Britney doc. Will he self-victimize? I don't know if that's necessarily true. I've seen those rumors too, but uh, I don't know. And will he self-victimize? Yeah, because he doesn't. He's not a filmmaker. He doesn't know how to make a film. (laughs) He doesn't know how to do documentary. That's not actually about himself. Um, we'll see. Okay. Charlie asked, what business did Kale and Javi start together? They started some sort of like football camp. I don't know. They want to like do football camps around the countries. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Grace asked, did you forget Kate was pregnant? Because I did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I just recently, I was like, oh yeah. When's Kate having that baby? (laughs) Uh, I think it's coming in August. So, I guess soon. I guess we're going to see that baby soon. Okay, Meg, you guys, <laughs> I'm really glad that this was asked because I am such a fucking asshole about this subject. Mag- Meg asked, are your favorite seasons of SVU the ones with Elliot and Olivia together? Now, let's get into this. One, I would argue that there are no seasons at SVU where Olivia and Elliot are together. Um, they never really get together, right? Like, They have their thing, but they're like never really together. Here's the thing I am not an Olivia and Elliot stand because Elliot has a fucking wife named Kathy who has born five of his children, including having one while he was blind. And like in a car accident, and then Olivia had to de- like deliver the baby. No, I'm not an Olivia and Elliot fan, and I don't understand anybody that is. I understand that they like killed Kathy off in the new uh like spinoff they're doing with Stabler, which I'm not watching, which uh no, I'm not a I'm not a fan of them killing off Kathy. That's such bullshit. I'm a Kathy Stabler stan, okay? Kathy who is at home. Fixing the fucking garbage disposal, mowing her lawn, holding that shit down so Elliot can go do whatever he wants to do at any time of night. She's raising all those kids by herself. She gets back with Elliot, even though he's a piece of shit husband. Like, no, we stand Kathy in this house. We do not stand cheaters. (laughs) Also, like, I don't really know anything that happened on SVU in any of the recent seasons. I watch SVU almost every single night before bed or like in the middle of the night I wake up and I've been lately falling asleep to ASMR actually but a lot of times in the middle of the night I'll wake up go to the bathroom then I'll turn on SVU to fall back to sleep and I am a stan 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 of seasons one through five seasons six and seven are pretty good eight nine and ten are tough eleven and twelve are tougher Then Stabler leaves and it goes way downhill. But some of the seasons 12 through 15 are okay. Once Billy shows up, like I've watched maybe six or seven episodes post Billy. Once the show became like, let's see how bad we can torture Olivia every week until she like, like, let's kidnap Olivia's son again. I just, I can't do it. I don't really rewatch any of the episodes past season 12. Honestly, lately I've been really cycling through seasons one through five. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not an Olivia and Elliot fan, (laughs) and I will go to my grave being the only person on earth that is like they should not be together. That they are bad. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Somebody asked, Have you ever purchased products from Teen Mom-owned companies, i.e., Pothead? No, I haven't done that. Um, I do have. My friend Billy got a. Uh, things That Matter shirt. And it was actually pretty nice, honestly. I don't know if it was worth like the $40 that you paid for it, but it was pretty nice. But in general, I have not because there's not for like some, well, for some moral reasons. I do believe that if you don't like a person, you shouldn't give them money. Actually, that's not true. I've bought books. So I've bought some of the team Mom's books, but as far as like their products, no, I have not and don't see myself ever really doing that okay. Um, Deja, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce that username, but she says, what are some Trisha, Trisha Paytas wedding predictions? If you have any, I haven't been keeping up with Trisha as much. She like exhausted me and I was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to stop checking on her as much. I still check in for sure. Um, my prediction is that it will happen unless Moses calls it off. It's going to be, As tacky as you can imagine, there's going to be barely anybody there because she doesn't have friends. Um, It's her dress is going to be awful. Maybe she'll be in blackface when she does it. I mean, she got engaged in those brown face pictures, dressed up as Princess Jasmine with a full like skin color change to emphasize that. Um, The wedding's going to be as tacky as she says it is. I don't quite believe that they're going to have three weddings like she says they will. Um, And uh, I like, I guess it's going to happen. <laughs> I guess she's going to get married. I think I saw it's in December. Okay. She says also what's the best YouTube drama that's going on right now? That's a good question. I guess the Gabby Hanna, Jesse smiles stuff has kind of like been the biggest YouTube drama that's happening recently. It's, we're in a little bit of a lull, which I guess is a good thing. I'm trying to think, has there been anything like really interesting besides the Gabby Hannah stuff? which is now even like a couple weeks old because she went a couple weeks without posting. Um, Todd Chrisley going to be suing or supposedly already served without a crystal ball Katie Joy with a lawsuit. Her subreddit's losing their mind over it. They're like solidly team Todd Kersley, And I'm like, Todd Kersley's a nightmare. Like truly fuck Todd Chrisley forever. I actually hope Katie Joy takes him to the cleaners because I fucking hate Todd Kersley. I hate him so much. He is such a bad person. Um, so I guess that will be some YouTube drama that I keep up with. There hasn't been that much stuff going on where, like I said, I haven't like watched a T channel in a little bit. I feel like I haven't seen any good commentary in a little bit. I did recently do an episode on Patreon on um. Like family vloggers, specifically like Mormon family vloggers, that was really good. I really liked that episode. I, not that I like don't like most of my episodes, but sometimes I end an episode. And I'm like, that was good. Like I really liked that one. And we talked a lot about uh, like Shay Carl and the Eight Passengers. So for a little bit, I was like going deep in watching them, and that was that was a dark time for me. <laughs> Okay, um, Mbeck says, what made you get into gymnastics? Okay, so actually, if you really want to hear all of my deep thoughts on gymnastics, you should become a patron. But if you just want to hear the general gymnastics stuff, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you know that I'm like super into gymnastics. And like I said, the Olympics is my Super Bowl. So it's been like a super fun time for me personally. Um, what made me get, so I, I did gymnastics when I was a little kid for a little bit of time, um, for like a couple years, never seriously. So I always liked gymnastics as a sport and I would watch it when I was on TV, but I like never really closely followed it or knew how to follow it. I would always watch it on the Olympics because obviously it's the best Olympic event. Um, In 2016, I was watching the Olympics and I found the gymnastics subreddit and I was like, oh, cool. And I realized like how much I did not know about gymnastics, which I knew, but I don't know if I like knew, knew how much that I didn't know about gymnastics. And so I was like, oh, wow, like I want to learn about this. So after the Rio Olympics, I kind of decided to like, get into gymnastics more than I had been. And now I I say I have about a 36% understanding of the sport. I would say most people have like a six percent understanding of the sport. So I'm doing okay. Um I listen to the gymcastic podcast, which really helps. They not everybody likes them, but they really are like the most popular of the gymnastic podcasts and they post every week and they're really extensive and detailed and they do a really good job of explaining gymnastics to people I think that don't know gymnastics. Like I think that you can listen to Gymcastic without having a deep gymnastic knowledge. Um, I recently also found two other ones. There's one that's called um, All Things Gymnastics, All About Gymnastics. What's this called? Hold on. It's called All Things Gymnastics. That one's okay. And then there's another one called Half In, Half Out Gymnastics, which is like specifically looking at gymnastics from like a queer point of view, which is cool. Their audio just sucks, so I, I can't always listen to it. Um, does that make me a hypocrite because do I have bad audio on here? Yeah, of course, all of the time. But you guys know I'm nothing if not a hypocrite. So I like found this subreddit. I saw what people were like they were like, people that just watch the Olympics have no idea about gymnastics. And I was like, yeah, I guess that is true. So I started following it. The subreddit has been really, really, really helpful. Really helpful. Um, I follow a lot of like Twitter accounts that are into gymnastics. And I follow people on YouTube, specifically Chelsea Memel, who is a 33-year-old who is coming back into elite gymnastics. It's I'm like, she's the most inspiring person on planet Earth as far as I'm concerned. I love her. Um, I, yeah, I like that. That's how I get into gymnastics and the why is because I just really wanted to go into these this Olympics, like actually understanding it before I kind of just understood like, like obviously you can watch. The thing about gymnastics is that you can usually watch and tell if it's like good or not by their landings and if they fall or whatever, but I wanted to like actually learn what different skills were and like why certain skills were good and weren't good. And I've like actually learned a lot in that sense. Um, And it's been such a payoff because this gymnast, like this Olympics has been the most thrilling of all time, I guess. (laughs) It's been so wild with all the Simone Biles stuff. Like I said, go listen to my gymnastics podcast on the Patreon because I like, spend a long time defending Simone Biles. I think she's, well, she is the GOAT. It's not a thought. It's like not an opinion. She is the greatest of all time as far as gymnastics goes. But it's been like such a payoff for me. I mean, I've been, it's a payoff because I like it, right? Like I've been enjoying following it for the last few years. Also, I like came into it at <laughs> kind of the the reckoning of the sport in which like the Larry Nasser stuff was coming out. The stuff about the Corollis was coming out um i really like came to start paying attention when all the abusive coaches were getting outed so in a way that's also been really interesting that it's been like such a dramatic time and they're like you're getting to watch like a cult- culture change in real life that's like a really interesting story to follow that makes like following the sport enjoyable um i love suni lee she's my favorite gymnast watching her in the all around was like the second best sports moment of my life, second only to the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. And I love gymnastics. And I am going to this. So they call each year, like each year, the four years in between each Olympics, they call it a quad. So the idea is like each quad has like certain gymnasts that are trying to go for the next Olympics. And obviously last, like the last four years was actually five years. So it was kind of a quint. And now there's only three years to Paris. So it's kind of a triad. So this next quad triad, whatever you want to call it before uh, Paris 2024, I really want to get better international gymnastics. I don't know anything about international gymnastics, really. I know very, very little about international gymnasts. I really spent this last couple of years learning about the United States gymnastics. I know certain people's names because they like talk about them on Reddit or on podcasts, but I never really like sought out stuff about international gymnastics, like made a concentrated effort to learn like who's on the Chinese team and the Japanese team and that type of stuff. So that's my next goals. Like I hope when Paris 2024 comes, I want to be able to like identify everybody that's in like the team finals and everybody that's in the all around. I want to have like an idea of all of them and be able to be like excited and rooting for non-american gymnasts so that's like my next up thing which is exciting and fun and yeah I just love it I would say like the thing with gymnastics is that it's like really rewarding in my opinion to start to follow it because you like there's a real self-satisfaction and when you realize that you like know things about the sport like randomly one day I was watching I was like Oh, that block was so good. And a block is a thing that what they're talking about when you put your hands down on the vault to like propel yourself off the vault. And I was like, oh my God, I know what a block is. Like <laughs> I always heard people like block, 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 block. And I like didn't know what I was looking at. And suddenly I'm like, oh, bad block. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so fun. I know what a block is. Um, I notice now like flex feet and pointed feet. I notice splits. Like when people have bad splits, I'm like, ooh those leaps, not good. Not good. Um, I'm still not great at like counting twists and uh, totally differentiating skills from one another, like uh, like flipping skills in the air. So that's also my next goal. I'm probably going to try and follow NCAA this year. It's a lot to take on. And I think following NCAA may make it, may, like I've had people say that following NCAA definitely helped them identify skills more. But it's been really rewarding to like learn something (laughs) I'm so fucking stupid I'm like hey guys if you learn something you'll feel good about yourself but it's true it really has been quite rewarding to learn like to like feel like you're actually gaining knowledge in something that is enjoyable to watch so yeah that's why and when I got into gymnastics and let me just see if there's anything else that I want to answer Okay, a couple more came in while I was recording. Um, somebody asked how summer school's going. Are you thinking of moving out of Philly once you graduate? Summer school went really well. I only did the first semester. And no, I don't think so. I'll probably be here for a while. Um, she also asked, do I think Kale and Hobby will get together what posts on team i'm are the worst um i i don't think kale and hobby will ever be together together but i think they're like forming this alliance and having sex so whatever that really means you know um another gymnastics question is favorite part of gymnastics competition to watch she said i hate the beam (laughs) yeah The Beam is tough to watch. My favorite is Vault and Uneven Bars. I really like Vault and Uneven Bars. Uh, I don't love floor. I think it's because it feels too long in some ways for me. I don't know. The thing that I like about Vault and Uneven Bars is that they're pretty quick and like they're big fun skills on them. Somebody, another gymnastic question is thoughts on Tom Forrester's wife's letter. Tom Forrester is the, essentially the head coach of USA Gymnastics. He's gotten a lot of criticism because USA Gymnastics is hot shit. And he's really bad at communicating. His wife wrote this like insane letter, not letter, but like Facebook post, a public Facebook post, basically calling everybody else like assholes for daring to criticize him. And my thought is don't do that. Don't like I get when you love your spouse, like you want to defend them, but don't don't not that way. Not on Facebook, not in public. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Uh, Tomlin, by the way, Tomlin got engaged. It's been the most exciting thing that's happened to me in quite a long time. Yes, it's happening to me. Tomlin got engaged this week. It's been such a thrill. She has a beautiful ring. I'm so happy and excited for her. She deserves everything in the whole world. And mm, I'm just so thrilled. It's I love I love Tomlin's love. Um, So Mazel tov to Tomlin. She said, can you talk about Chelsea hanging with Morgan Whalen's ex, Dragger? OK, I saw something about this. I'm not totally 100%. Morgan Whalen is that like up and coming or like newly popular country star who got in trouble for saying the n-word, right? I use in trouble loosely because my understanding is that he's still quite popular. And then he was supposed to host SNL, like when they came back from COVID break and he got or perform at SNL. And like the night before he was supposed to perform, he was like out at like a crowded bar and they had to boot him because he was like breaking COVID protocols. So he's racist. He's a COVID denier. I don't know. I think that's like par for the the course in country music is it not but I don't hear good things about Morgan Whalen and I did notice that or I did see from somebody that Chelsea was hanging out with his ex-wife which like are we surprised are we surprised like in my opinion I would bet all of Chelsea's friends husbands are saying the n-word you know maybe the the girls are too um, Chelsea, I don't think, is very discerning about her friendships. I also think that Chelsea is probably uh, quite close-minded and shitty and probably racist. Uh, sorry, I just do. <laughs> I just think that. And so it doesn't surprise me that she's hanging out with her. Um, She has, like, a history of hanging out with problematic people. Look, I don't know if Morgan Whalen's ex-wife is also this way. I don't even know when they got divorced. I don't know how long they've been together. I don't know shit about them. But if you are publicly associated with somebody shitty like that and then you're friends with Chelsea, mm, you know, question marks about you. So, sorry, Tomlin. I don't know enough about this situation to really drag her. But I believe Chelsea to be a bad person in a lot of ways. So fuck chelsea okay why aren't there uh maybe asks why aren't there more friendships between the teen mom teen mom two cast doppelgangers oh i was like huh that's i like how she's defining this like why aren't macy and chelsea close or amber and janelle i could even see kate and leah okay first of all i need to like take a deep breath because that is an incredible way to define teen mom doppelgangers. I was like, I don't think they look alike, but yeah, like they're counterparts. And Kate and Leah being each other's counterparts, like I need to take a deep breath. I don't know why I've never thought about that before, but you are so fucking right in so many ways that those two are each other's like, they're, they're doppelganger. Um, I think a part of it is that People just like don't like people who are that similar to them in a lot of ways sometimes. Um, Like Amber and Janelle, you know what I mean? Like girls like that don't get along. People like that don't get along because they're both mean people. So two mean people usually don't get along in that way. They fight. Um, Like two catty people get along. Like I'm catty and so are a lot of my friends, you know. (laughs) Look, I'm going to pretend like I'm not. I am. I know who I am. It's It's not the best characteristic of mine. But, like, I like to gossip and talk shit and so do a lot of my other my friends. But we're not, like, mean to each other. And Amber and Janelle are both very mean, so they fight. Um, as far as, like, Macy and Chelsea, I don't know. They, I think, well, I guess a big part of the reason is that in the past they, like, never really did stuff together. You know, like, they didn't have the reunions together. They didn't do press together. So I think they just, like, didn't know each other. And I kind of wonder if there is just like for whatever reason a divide amongst the cast like T-Mom 6 with T-Mom, T-Mom 2 6 with T-Mom 2. I don't know. That's a great question, though. And I wish I had an answer to it because I'm very intrigued by that because you're right. There really isn't that much crossover friendship among the cast And I don't know why that is. And I would like to, I don't know, for the next reunion, somebody write in and ask. (laughs) Do they still do writing questions or Teen Mom? I don't know. Oh, guys, with that, I'm going to wrap it up here. I am going to go to the pool. I hope that everybody has a great week. I hope that we all stay very safe. I'm wearing my mask again. It sucks. I'm like an anti-masker at this point in my life. (laughs) Call me Megyn Kelly. No, I, the thing is that I just like am so upset at the fact that this is happening again. I like really felt a lot of hope in May, and it just fucking sucks to be back here again. Um, but I am. We're mar- we're wearing masks again at work. And yesterday I went to Target in a mask, and I saw the chiropractor in a mask, and I noticed way more people in Target had on masks than they did last week. Um, so I guess I'm wearing masks in store again. Uh, I like can I just get that fucking booster shot like give me two more doses of Pfizer as far as I'm concerned like I am the least vaccine hesitant person on the world (laughs) like I think it's because I'm a drug addict like, like give me I am so not discerning about like what I put in my body when it comes to stuff like that that I'm like yeah give me that fucking vaccine who cares side effects who cares I'm like so fucking ready for that third dose. I'm so ready for it. I hope that they can prove. I did see that um in Israel they're going to start doing the third dose over people that are 60 and older and if you don't know like Israel is allowing the pharmaceutical companies like track all of their information. I don't know exactly how it works, but it's really important because we're getting a lot of like health science data out of them. And so I'm glad to see that they are going to start doing that so that we can start getting some studies and hopefully rolling it out here. I'm like, give me a dose every year. I get my flu shot most years. If I don't, it's just because I like forget to do it. Not because I'm anti-flu shot, but I'm a person that gets my flu shot. So like, look every November I'll take my little butt to target And I'll let them give me a flu shot and a COVID booster, like as far as I'm concerned. I feel a little dejected at this backwardness. It sucks. It really sucks. But so I guess what I was saying is everybody be healthy. I guess wear your mask again. Nah. (laughs) If you're not vaccinated, please listen to my CDC-sponsored vaccine advertisements and get a vaccine. You Go to vaccines.gov. I think it's vaccines, not vaccine. I don't know. Listen to my ad from, I think there was one on last week's episode. <laughs> Listen to that copy. <laughs> and please go get vaccinated so we so that I can like not wear masks anymore. I don't want to wear a mask anymore. I don't like it. I don't like it. All right, guys. Um, I hope we all have a healthy, good, safe week. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.